Welcome to the Go Ye Forth podcast, where we hear inspiring stories from returned missionaries of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who have served all across the globe. I am your host, Jason Bringhurst. Hello, everybody. On today's show, we have a very special guest, someone who's played uh, an important role in my life and is very dear to me, Richard Oveson, who was my mission president for the second half of my mission. Richard served on his mission in France from 1949 to 1952. And later, President and Sister Oveson served as a mission president for the France-Bordeaux mission from 1992 to 1995. And in my Missionary Minute, I talk about opening up the scriptures. So, let's get to it. Well, welcome to the show, President Oveson. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's great to have you here. You know, I'm going to have a hard time calling you Richard, so if... uh, you know, you'll just have to bear with me as I call you president. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll call you brother Bringer. That? <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> well, I'd like everyone to get to know you a little bit, so can you tell us a little bit about where you grew up and maybe a little bit about your family? I grew up in a very small town in uh, eastern Oregon called okay. Morrill. It's uh, southeast, southwest, southeast of the Dalles. Oh, yeah. Uh, about 350 people. It was a wheat farming area. My father mm-hmm. was involved in agricultural research. Oh, interesting. And we were the only, we were all the only members of the church there. And so uh, we had the opportunity of having uh, visitors. Uh, Elder Widsow came and stayed with us, Elder and Sister Widsow mm-hmm. and President and Sister Benson. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was a friend of my father's. Hmm. And uh, when I was uh, about 12, why, uh, they authorized us to have a home Sunday school. Okay. So for four years during the war, I, uh, with my brothers and sisters, we uh, had a home Sunday school. And then uh, when I was uh, 16, we went to the Dalles, Oregon, mm-hmm. where my father was called to be a member of the branch presidency, and we drove 45 miles down mm-hmm. there and 45 miles back every Sunday. And uh, that, but that was a good experience. Well, that's awesome. And, yeah, I, I know that area, actually, because I, I live up in Port Angeles, Washington now, and as we travel to, to Utah, that's on our path. We, we travel along the, along the Columbia River there, and so I've been yeah. to the Dalles many times. <laughs> Yes, that's uh, my growing up years. I went to Oregon State my freshman year of college. And then following that year, uh, I went on my mission. Okay. Uh, Was that always your plan to go on a mission? Or was there something specific that happened that made you decide to go on a mission? No, you know, I grew up. uh, My folks talked about it all the time kind of as a matter of course that Mm -hmm. uh, when you got to be uh, old enough, which was 20 at that time, uh, you just would go on a mission. And I always just planned that that would be part of my life. So uh, that was the the plan. And I just stayed on the rails, I guess. (laughs) That's awesome. Now, uh, you were called to serve in France. Is that correct? Yes. Well, almost correct. I was first called to serve in the uh, Swiss-Austrian mission. Oh, okay. 
And then, uh, for whatever reasons, why the brethren asked me if I'd accept a change in the call to go to France. And I hmm. said, yes, I would, certainly would. <laughs> and uh, and that's where I wound up going. And was that a 24-month mission? No, that was a 30-month mission at that okay. time. Okay. But your foreign language speaking was 30 months. Uh-huh. And did you receive any type of uh, training before going out? Uh, well, we had five days in the... Uh, the old, what we called the mission home in Salt Lake City, uh-huh. where we, w- we went to the temple and uh, the brethren talked to us uh, several occasions. But in terms of training, like the training that takes place in the MTC now, it was uh, pretty rudimentary. Right. Wow. So did you have a group of uh, missionaries going to, to France together or was it just you? Yes. Okay. There were... F- there were four of us that went together to France. And was the mission home in Paris? The mission home was in was in Paris at that time. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Who who was your mission president? The mission president was James L. Barker, who was a noted linguist and a language professor at uh, the University of Utah. He wrote a book called Protesters of Christendom. Hmm. Uh, he had been a mission president uh, in. Uh, Argentina before, but he wow. was a wonderful man. So what were your first impressions of France when you arrived there? Well, uh, I arrived there in November of 1949. Okay. And, and that was only uh, four years after the uh, end of the war. Yeah. So uh, there was still food rationing. Mm. Uh, the country was, uh, I thought the country was was very pretty, although what mm-hmm. was it was in the fall, and I was there first in the, over the winter. Right. I thought the French people were wonderful. Yes, for sure. Well, so what cities did you serve in? I served first in Mulhouse for about five months. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's on the eastern border, just a little ways from Basel, Switzerland, right okay. by where Switzerland and France and Germany come together, and mm-hmm. then. Uh, I served for uh, about 16 months in Le Mans. Okay. And then I, I finished my mission in Verviers in Belgium. Oh, cool. Which is just east of uh, Liège. Wow, oh, that's fantastic. So that was 1949 to uh, what year? What year did you come home? I, well, I, I arrived in November of 19, on the 5th of November in 1949, and I came home. I think I arrived home in late April or early May of 1952. 1952, okay. How was it adjusting to missionary life? Did you adjust to missionary life okay? Yes, it was uh, not terribly different than I'd anticipated. Uh Uh, My first companion uh, was one of the number of missionaries in our mission who had served in the war. Mm. In fact, my first companion was one of three survivors from his platoon from the Battle of Saipan in the uh, Pacific. Oh, wow. And uh, they were, they knew why they were on missions, and and, uh, he was a very fine young man and a fine missionary. And Mm -hmm. we followed a schedule where we got up in the morning and 
studied, and then we went out and knocked on doors and tracked it and mm-hmm. visited. And just it, it, it was about what I expected. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's uh, that's a unique time, you know, to to be in France where they had just gone through, you know, this this terrible ordeal with the war. Did that? Yes. Uh, did you see an influence on people's faith because of uh, the war? Uh, not so much. Not so much. Mm-hmm. The people that we talked to, and I guess that we're willing to talk to, them, were mostly quite devout Catholics. Uh-huh. Maybe devout is too strong a word, but they mm-hmm. were traditionally very Catholic, mm-hmm. and uh, so. Uh, in many parts of France, the uh, liberation was harder on them than the occupation was because mm. the Germans came through once the battles in uh, on the border were over, why they came through France pretty fast. That's very interesting that the aftermath of the war uh, was maybe more difficult than the war itself for the French people, at least some of the people. Can you tell us about someone you taught on your mission? Yes, there's a one woman, when I went, when we got to Le Mans, we moved in with a, a woman who had a boarding house. Mm-hmm. She was our our landlord after we got four missionaries. For the first few months, I, there were two of us. We lived in a different home with a lovely couple. Uh-huh. But then, anyway, uh, we began to teach uh, Sister Tuso the gospel and uh, and to her maid and to her son. And... Mm. Uh, they accepted the gospel, and it was a wonderful. Has been a wonderful relationship, oh, uh, wow. although uh, she has passed on. And but the maid was is still a very faithful member, and oh, wow. that was a wonderful experience to see her life change yeah. as she accepted the gospel. She made a statement that really has touched me all my life. She said, "You, you know, you told me that." If I joined the church, I would be happy. And she said, I didn't know what you meant because I had never been happy. Wow. But she at that time was very happy with, mm-hmm. you know, with, with feeling that the Lord loved her and she had adjusted her life to the gospel. And uh, I look forward to seeing her someday. Yeah. Oh, thanks for sharing that. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I I have a hard time imagining what the people went through. I mean, even... Uh, when I served as a missionary, it was, you know, well, well after the, the war, but, uh, there were still people that, you know, that was, that was still in the back of their mind. Um, but France, you know, I was there in 91 to 93 yes. and, and you were my mission president for the, the second year of my mission. Um, uh-huh. but, uh, that the, the, the experiences of war were still, you know, in, in people's minds and, and, uh, so I guess you're saying that uh, there was still rationing with food. Did, did you um, did you like the food in France, or was it really? Because when I think of France, I think of you know all these wonderful delicacies and and wonderful food. Did you experience that also, or was time or times just too tough back then? No, no, I did experience it, and the last the rationing didn't last uh, all that long. I had, okay. I got a ration book initially, but they discontinued the rationing. I think when I'd been there about three months or two or three months, something like that. Okay. Well, how did you like the food then? Oh, I loved it. All of yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is really good food. Uh, is there any type of food that you miss? In Belgium, in Liège, mm-hmm. when I was up there, 
that was through the winter as well. And uh, we go out visiting or, or uh, you know, go to appointments at night when it was cold. And I mm-hmm. used to stop into a, a little fruit shop where they would make French fries. Oh, you know, and yeah. Roll, roll up a newspaper and uh-huh. put hot, fresh French fries with a big dollop of French mayonnaise on top. Yeah. <laughs> Still, <laughs> that, that's, I, not, uh, that's about it, I guess. But yeah. I, I thought all the food was good. Yeah, I love that. That is awesome. As a missionary, how did you see the hand of the Lord? I saw the hand of the Lord in, in the lives of all the missionaries and in the, the, of the members. It, was not terribly easy mm-hmm. uh, for people who, who suddenly who ad- adopted or who began to be active in the church. It wasn't the easy thing for them, but yeah. But through the spirit of the Lord, they they felt they felt that, and they felt loved and accepted, and their lives changed. Yeah, and uh, and they became happier. And I suppose that was the the principal thing. I mm-hmm. I saw that in the missionaries as well. I think. Yeah. What would you say the most challenging thing about being a missionary was for you? Oh, I I think the most challenging thing was being away from home. I suppose, yeah. although I enjoyed France and enjoyed mm-hmm. the companionships, but I. Uh, Oh, at that time, you know, I didn't uh, talk to my parents for for two and a half years, a little more, actually. Wow. And I suppose that I became used to it, and we wrote a lot of letters, and Mm -hmm. that it was fine. Yeah. But I I suppose, and, you know, the friendship of companions helped, and Mm -hmm. and, and the mission presidents were wonderful. I had two of them. Yeah. Well, what was your favorite part about being a missionary? Favorite part was the people. <laughs> I hate to keep dwelling on that, but I, I think the, the fellow missionaries, there was a, it was another remarkable experience we had on our mission. We had a missionary who came. Uh, there were two of us in Le Mans, and uh, we were told we were going to get two new companions. Each of us were going to get a, a new companion. Mm-hmm. And one of the companions came in and said the only reason i've come on this mission is because of my mother mm-hmm. and he said i'll come but he said don't expect me to do any preaching or praying or any of that stuff <laughs> <laughs> and so every night every night we uh we gathered together after supper and studied the book of mormon for a bit mm-hmm. and uh he would hide over in the corner reading his time magazine that he could get down at the train station and <laughs> but after a oh i don't know maybe a month or so we noticed that he was hiding his book of mormon behind his time magazine <laughs> <laughs> and uh he uh finally after about oh two months maybe yeah about two months he came over one night and said no one can tell me this book is not true I've read it twice, and I know it's true. Wow. And then he turned out to be a, a really effective and <laughs> a wonderful missionary. <laughs> and uh, uh, his son was in our ward when we first moved back to Provo. Oh, wow. He was a faithful member of the church for the rest of his life. 
Uh, and I'm sure true. he still is. Did you have something similar to what we had when I was a missionary? We had the six discussions. I know now they have preach my gospel, but we had six discussions that we taught. What was the lesson plan that you you presented? The lesson plan there was uh, uh, given us by President Barker. Okay, he was a real scholar mm-hmm. and had written extensively on the apostasy and the restoration and. Mm. Uh, and a lot about the uh, what he called the protesters of Christendom. He wrote a book called The Protesters of Christendom. Mm-hmm. And so he had lesson plans that talked a little bit about about that, about the mm-hmm. uh, evolution you know, of religion. And we talked some about the, the apostasy, but of course stressed the, the restoration of the gospel as a restoration of, mm-hmm. of the gospel that was. And that uh, lesson plans focused on that largely. So you're coming in after the war. There's been this big disruption. Uh, how established was the church at this time? There had been missionaries, of course, before the war, and mm-hmm. they were there were still some members who were faithful, but there were not very many of them. Mm-hmm. In Mulhouse, I suppose we had uh, 20 or 25 members, which was one of the larger congregations up in Verviers. We had about that same, and in Le Mans, we baptized Sister Tuso as the first member of the church in uh, Le Mans. (laughs) Wow. It's a stake center now. So anyway. (laughs) That's incredible. (laughs) We were still rebuilding it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any special experience that stands out in your mission? Well, I think just those two that I mentioned, uh, Mm -hmm. Sister Trousseau and, you know, and then Elder Draper and that experience that he had. Yeah. I've often been struck by the difference in that. He really became gained a testimony by reading and praying about the Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a good friend who had a companion who kept challenging him to prove that the gospel was true. And so the Lord granted his request, and they had a quite a remarkable experience that made a real change in him, but only for about a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I've contrasted that often with that testimony that develops within and the, as opposed to one which depends on an external experience. Right. How do you think your testimony uh, changed or, or grew over the, the time that you were on your mission? Well, I obviously learned more about the gospel. I, I read the Bible from cover to cover mm-hmm. early on, and that was a good experience, and I became a lot more familiar with the scriptures. Yeah. In terms of a testimony, I think that uh, I was blessed from a very early age with a, with a testimony that I have never really questioned, or I suppose it was strengthened, but I, I felt none of the issues or questions that came up really troubled me at all. That's great. You know, I've heard over and over about people who have gained testimonies at very young ages, and I think we need to remember that uh, children can gain testimonies very early. Well, you've spent uh, 30 months of your life now um, preaching the gospel in France, and then you find yourself back at home. It's 1952. Uh, Did you have any struggles uh, getting back into the swing of things and adapting? You know, I don't, I don't think that took more than about a week. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I came home and went right to work. Uh, 
for my dad during the summer, which is the kind of thing I'd done before I went on a mission. Then I went uh-huh. to BYU and started there and just lived a normal BYU student life. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I suppose the only sort of major, I knew a lot more people. I knew a lot of people going to the Y and mm-hmm. uh, there were a lot of missionaries and had a great experience there. How did you keep your faith strong after you came home from your mission? Well, that's, you know, my wife and I talked about that. Uh, one time, I think probably throughout, probably the most important thing that we did was get up in the morning and go to church on Sunday. You know, that that was just became a pattern of life. And uh, we said our prayers every day. We just stayed active in the church. And then mm-hmm. when I first came back, interestingly enough, there were two branches at BYU uh, with about 3,000 students in each branch. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> and so I didn't really enjoy that kind of experience. So that is, mm-hmm. it just was kind of foreign to me. So I yeah. decided I'd go to the ward that we lived in. They gave me a deacon's quorum to teach. And that oh, awesome. uh, brought me right back, uh, <laughs> my feet on the ground in no time at all. Yeah. <laughs> And so I think the secret is to just stay active in the church yeah. and just keep going. And pretty mm-hmm. soon they'll give you something to do. And <laughs> That's true. Uh, so did you meet uh, Sister Robeson at BYU? No, I didn't. Okay. I met her in California after I graduated. I went down there and met her. Uh, uh, we were both down there working just in the summer while we were go- she was going to the University of Utah. And then uh, I went in the Air Force and she was went to work as a stewardess mm-hmm. for, for Pet American. And then I came back with the Air Force close to where she was flying, and we picked up our relationship and got married that fall. Oh, wow. I should mention that my last military experience was as the air attaché, that is, I represented the U.S. Air Force in France. Mm. And so I lived in Paris for three years there and spoke French uh, just about every day. So that was a big help oh, to wow. That's keep amazing. that. And uh, I was the executive secretary to the mission president. who was an old buddy from my mission at first. And, oh, wow. and so I got to be involved a little bit with the missionary work there uh, during that anyway. What a neat experience. That's that's awesome. And I should mention also that, uh, you know, we as, as missionaries all loved uh, uh, Sister Olson so much, and and uh, was so sad to hear that she had passed away. It was in 2018, I believe. Is that right? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. That's kind of you. Yeah, that was right. Right after, uh, just a, a couple months after we had moved up here to Port Angeles, I had heard the news, and and uh, that she was she was definitely a gem. She still is a gem. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, that's yeah. kind. We were fortunate in that she died of cancer, but she didn't. We played golf two weeks before she died. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and we had a long talk the night she died. So mm-hmm. I was very blessed by that. Yeah. I remember okay. seeing you at, uh, both at Costco not not long before that as well. And and uh, yeah. it, was, it was great seeing you both. So after the Air Force, uh, what, what was your career path after that? I went to work. I was on the faculty at BYU. Okay. I had been on the faculty at the Air Force Academy. Mm-hmm. And they'd sent me to graduate school. And so I came back and joined the faculty at BYU and taught there for 10 years. Oh, great. 
And then I just did, for the next few years, I did private consulting mm-hmm. and economic consulting. I worked with President Bateman, that you may uh-huh. have heard of. He was the presiding bishop of the church. Yeah. And he and I were close friends, and we were in business together. Okay. Well, at some point, you're, you're called as a mission president. Um, can you share how that uh, all came about? <laughs> yes, I, uh, I first... We got a kind of an initial interview from uh, from El Tom Perry. Brother okay. and Sister Perry talked to us uh-huh. just to find out, you know, what our situation was and and whether or not we could physically, you know, go. Mm-hmm. And obviously, uh, I was better uh, situated temporally from that perspective because I was retired from the Air Force, and mm-hmm. that was a big help. Yeah. And I had spent most of the period of the activity involved at BYU. I'd been a branch president at the MTC, and I'd been mm-hmm. a bishop on campus, and I'd been in a couple of stake presidencies. And so I spent, you know, the better part of that period, you know, down on campus with the students. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, we had our initial interview, and then we got our call. Then uh, we went up to Salt Lake and were called on our mission by uh, President Hinckley. President yeah. Hinckley, okay. <laughs> yeah, and the thing I remember about that is that Sister Oveson kept telling President Hinckley that she didn't think she would be very good at this, and he kept saying, you'll be just fine, Sister Oveson. <laughs> <laughs> I can <laughs> and, uh, hear her saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a wonderful experience. She was very kind and so on. That uh-huh. was wonderful. So you, you get your call and, and you're you're given a date uh, to re- do you report to the MTC just like a, a missionary as well then? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. We entered the MTC I think on the first of July I think is my memory first serves me. We went through the fairly brief uh, orientation kind of process there, mm-hmm. which we uh, talked about some of the physical aspects of uh, you know the financial aspects and the. Mm-hmm. You know what was expected of us, and so on. Okay. And then, uh, and then we got on a. Maybe it was before the first of July. It was because I think we arrived in France on the first of July. Okay. I don't mean to get ahead of you, but uh, mm-hmm. we met Elder and Sister Anderson, of course, mm-hmm. who was the current mission president. He showed me how to start the lawnmower and <laughs> <laughs> how to turn on the heat, <laughs> and uh, and that was about all, I guess, yeah. and. Uh, <laughs> We met them and their family, and all of a sudden, I was the mission president. <laughs> and and off, off you went. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember uh, us missionaries just loved you and, and Sister Olson pretty much immediately, and uh, you, you gave us uh, some interesting counsel. Um, I know one of the things that when uh, you talked to us, uh, you uh, were worried about our nutrition. You wanted us to eat well, make sure that we were you know, having a, a good meal, you know, with uh, some protein at least once a week. And and uh, and then I remember Sister Oveson did a, a mission tour of all the sister apartments. She was concerned that they, you know, were in, in good condition and and uh, just a very uh, loving, uh, uh, you know, president and, and, and uh, your companion just, uh, just loved our, us missionaries. And I just remember and being really impressed about how, how, you know, you were just concerned about us missionaries. Well, I sure hope so. One of the missionaries in our, one of our very first zone conferences stood up and said, 
I'm going home. Oh, wow. He was unhappy. And so Sister Overson stood up and said, if I've got to stay, you've got to stay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, well, what would you say your favorite part of being a mission president was? Oh, well, I had a kind of a unique experience from stateside or something because there were the, the Bordeaux stake had just been formed. Yeah. So for the rest of the mission, I was sort of had all the missionaries and the and the members. Uh-huh. And I think the the m- most dominating experience in the West experience were the people meeting the missionaries, mm. knowing the missionaries, and knowing the members. Yeah. And and I you know I I was just impressed with you as missionaries. Hmm. and i still am i <laughs> i thought i thought you were universally wonderful and i still do i think that was a, the ability to kind of associate with all of you and to be involved in trying to grow the church in france was mm-hmm. a was just a the totality of the experience was was a, a wonderful three years it was yeah. Is there any type of, I don't know, any special experience that stands out from your time as a mission president? It it was really the totality experience rather than any kind of separate, unique one. Mm -hmm. It was just every day, you know, we spend about a week at home in the mission home when we got new missionaries once a month. Mm Mm-hmm. Or so. Then we spend three weeks on the road, driving around wow. to visit with every one of the missionaries. I, I thought, was just a, a highlight. And then I took the advantage to do some district work as well with the members, and I was impressed mm-hmm. with them as well. You ask about what I would tell other mission presidents. I, if I can say a word there, I honestly believe that the more positive. You can possibly be, just be as positive as you possibly can. That is just recognize the missionaries for what they are, which is wonderful young people. Mm. And I think the role of a mission president is to encourage and Mm -hmm. facilitate and help. Because I always felt like the missionaries were at least as as committed to the gospel Mm. as I was. And that we were all in that together. And I, Mm. I think that to avoid, if at all possible, any negativism or mm-hmm. chastisement or this kind of thing. Because I say, I thought when I came home, I thought, you know, the missionaries will remember for all their lives if I bawled them out. <laughs> <laughs> and and I didn't want that to be the, their experience as a missionary. Yeah. And uh, so I think, you know, you just sort of, recognize their young people they're going to do some different things once in a while and then be involved with doing the missionary work i think yeah. is a, a great part of it all yeah so as a mission president i've wondered this if if you run into something like a situation that you don't know how to handle who do you turn to well uh there's the the area presidency you know okay we were very fortunate to have wonderful well i'm sure they're all that way area <laughs> presidents they visited from every once in a while, and Elder Curtis and mm-hmm. uh, Elder Larson, and uh, they're a resource. And then I suppose if you if you have to, it can go all the way to the to the first presidency if okay. you know on some really uh, extreme situation. Uh, I felt like we had lots of support. And then they, 
you know, we had the uh, the mission presidents conferences where we would get together and we could mm-hmm. talk with other mission presidents and their experiences, and that was always a delightful time. Okay, so did you uh, get to know the mission presidents of like the surrounding areas then? Yes, we okay. did. Oh, that's and neat. That was a that was a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. One of the mission presidents up in uh, Belgium, uh, Sven Eccles, had been on the ski team at the University of Utah with my wife. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun to meet the other presidents. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay, one last question that I have. If there's one thing that you'd want your posterity to know about your missionary service as a full-time missionary and as a mission president, what would that be? What would you want your posterity know to know about your missionary service? Well, the number one thing, I suppose, is that, and this is something I meant to say that we wanted the missionaries to understand, too, mm-hmm. is that we're serving the Lord, not the mission president. It's the Lord's service that we're mm-hmm. in. And I guess the thing I long for to tell my posterity is that the gospel is true mm-hmm. in its most fundamental ways and that it's designed to bring us happiness. And to be involved in that kind of work is a great privilege and a wonderful blessing that not everybody gets to do, but it's too bad because just to be involved in you know without other outside distractions to be involved in in growing the church and bringing the blessings of the gospel to as many people as possible is is a unique and wonderful experience well thank you um president Olson, you you're a wonderful person you yourself and Sister Ovison, definitely, you've both been a great influence in my life. You know, I've aspired to be more like you and, and, uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> you're, you're, you're one of my great spiritual and faith heroes. Um, and I'm sure that I speak for all of your missionaries and just want you to know how much that you and Sister Ovison are just so loved and respected by us all. I have such fond memories of, of serving with you. So merci, mon président. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And I know we used to, I used to just say, I hope the missionaries are glad to see us. <laughs> if they're really glad to see us, why <laughs> that was that that we were glad to see them, see yeah. all of you. You were, you've all had a positive influence. I, I think the only one thing I wish I'd done is better keep better track of more of you. Mm. But yeah. anyway, we love you. <laughs> we love you all. And Sister Ovison loved you all. I'll tell you, she really did. Hey, so. Jason, thank you, you so much. Yeah. That's, it sounds like you're doing a great things up there. <laughs> Are you the bishop up there? I, I am, yeah. I was called about yeah. a year ago. Yep. And, yeah, uh, I think that's wonderful. I, I remember um, a, a Zone Leaders Conference where you had said uh, to us, we were all in your in your uh, living room, and, and you said something that kind of shocked me. You said, you you know you zone leaders you're you're the future leaders of this church and and one day you'll be a bishop and and <laughs> I was like what <laughs> I don't yeah, think so absolutely absolutely <laughs> lo and behold it it happened <laughs> yep yeah. okay well thank you so much it was really good well, talking to you <laughs> thank you hey right. let's keep in touch. A very special thank you to uh, President Richard Oveson. It was so great to speak with him and to hear about some of his missionary experiences. President Oveson was a great example to me on my mission and continues to be a great example to me. 
I bore my testimony this past Fast Sunday, and I spoke about uh, some of the people in my life who I have looked up to and who have helped me become a better person. I spoke about uh, my uh, father-in-law and mother-in-law, as my uh, mother-in-law has recently passed, was on my mind. And I also uh, spoke of President Olson as one of those people in my life who has made a big impact and who I really look up to. You know, I think it's important to have people to look up to and to try and be more like them and do what they do. And he has led the type of life that I think us missionaries, we all tried to follow and pattern our lives to be a little more like him. In today's Missionary Minute, I was reminded of a special experience that I had as a missionary. Uh, I was a zone leader, and we would uh, go to the mission home in Bordeaux for a zone leaders conference every month. And I remember sitting in a large room at the the mission home, at President Ovison's home, and he had the Book of Mormon open. And uh, he was teaching us, and we were were together there, all the zone leaders, and he was reading from the, the Book of Mormon. And he would stop after a verse or two, and he would teach, and he would testify. And the the Spirit just bore witness to me so powerfully that what he was teaching was absolute truth. The Scriptures were opened up to my spiritual eyes and ears, not just my physical eyes and ears. It was such a powerful moment, and it's one that I will never forget. Well, that's about it for today's show. If you or someone you know has served a mission and you think that they would be a fun guest for the show, please contact me at goyeforthpodcast at gmail.com. If you like the show, please subscribe so that you are notified when new episodes come out. And we would also appreciate it if you could rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts and in Spotify, or even share it with a friend. And maybe I should mention uh, that this podcast is not an official podcast for The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions that are expressed are those of the host and the guests and not of any other party. And until next time, wax strong in the gospel, my friends. Mm